Welcome back to Bankruptcy 101. I'm your host, bankruptcy attorney Roger Kraft, and this is a podcast where I give you some of the basics about filing bankruptcy to help you better understand how that process works and hopefully help you to avoid some of the pitfalls that can come along with it. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the adversary proceeding. Now, hopefully you never have to see this term adversary proceeding in your bankruptcy. And so if this episode becomes our least downloaded episode, then that's okay with me. Because if you're a party to an adversary proceeding, usually that's a bad thing. So let's talk about what an adversary proceeding is. What is this term adversary proceeding? Well, an adversary proceeding is, in in short, a lawsuit that is filed inside of your bankruptcy case. So who files this adversary proceeding? It can be anyone with a legitimate interest in your case. Okay, This is known as a party in interest. And these are the three that we normally see, the parties in interest that will file an adversary proceeding. It can be a trustee, it can be a creditor, or it can even be the debtor. So before we get into the details about each of those and why they would file an adversary proceeding, let's get one thing straight. If you end up as a defendant in an adversary proceeding, you're going to want an attorney. And not just any attorney, but you're going to want an experienced bankruptcy attorney familiar with handling adversary proceedings. Why is that? Because a lawsuit in the bankruptcy court is a whole different animal than a lawsuit in the state court. Remember, Bankruptcy is federal law, so you're going to be dealing with an entirely different set of rules, different laws, different definition of words, and different burdens of proof than you might see in a regular state court. So just trust me on this. Save yourself a lot of aggravation and probably a lot of money by just hiring a good bankruptcy attorney right out of the gate to help you with an adversary proceeding. Okay, let's talk about why these parties file adversary proceedings or these separate lawsuits in your case and how it can affect you. So first of all, let's talk about a trustee that files an adversary proceeding. A trustee can file an adversary proceeding for a lot of different reasons, but some of the more common ones that we see are going to be these. To determine the dischargeability of certain types of debts, or the trustee asking the court to deny you a discharge of your debt altogether. That could be one reason. Another one we see fairly common by the trustees, especially Chapter 7 trustees, are adversary proceedings that are filed in order to recover preferential payments to your creditors or other parties. So I'll give you an example of this. Uh, Let's say just before filing your bankruptcy, you take some money and you pay off a certain creditor. Now, it doesn't matter if this is a medical provider, a a credit card company, or a family member, or a friend. If you're paying back certain creditors and not everybody else, you're treating those creditors with some kind of preference over the other creditors. And if you do that, the trustee can go and sue that party to get that money back or to get that property back. For example, let's say you get a tax refund of $8,000. And just before you filed bankruptcy, you go and pay $5,000 of that back to your grandfather who's been loaning you money to pay your rent, and you don't pay any other creditors back. Well, if that happens, you've given preference to your grandpa. And so a trustee may come after grandpa and say, hey, give us the money back. And if grandpa doesn't do it, then the trustee's going to file an adversary proceeding and name your grandfather as a defendant. So 
Grandpa has nothing to do with this case, and suddenly he finds himself having to defend himself in an adversary proceeding in the bankruptcy court. So in addition to preferential payments that a trustee may try to get back, the other most common one we see is a trustee dealing with what are called fraudulent transfers. So, for example, if you sell or you give away or you just transfer the title of some property of yours just before the filing of a bankruptcy, a trustee is going to look at those transfers very carefully. And if it wasn't a fair deal to you, then the trustee might sue that other party to recover money or that property. And again, the trustee doesn't care if this is a non-interested party, somebody you met online to sell it, or if it's a family member or a friend, the trustee's job is to try to get that property back. And I'll give you an example of one of these. Uh, Not too long ago, I represented a guy whose son had filed a Chapter 7 bankruptcy. Now, a few months later, dad, who's not a party or has anything to do with his son's bankruptcy, suddenly finds himself sucked into his son's bankruptcy case when he gets served with an adversary proceeding by the trustee. Why? Because about six months prior to the son filing a bankruptcy, the son sold his truck to his dad. Well, dad paid $10,000 for the truck, but come to find out the truck was worth way more than $10,000. So the trustee argued that the truck was worth like $20,000. So the dad got a $20,000 truck for $10,000 in the trustee's eyes, and thus a $10,000 windfall went to dad. And the trustee wanted that $10,000 back from dad. So trustee sues dad. Now, in that case, we were able to resolve that with the trustee. We were able to show that the truck really was worth, uh, you know, a little bit closer to what the son had said. So we were able to settle for less than the $10,000. But Nonetheless, the trustee had a right to go sue dad for that. So here's dad, who has nothing to do with his son's bankruptcy case, all of a sudden having to hire an attorney to go in and fight this. And that can happen. So be aware of that before you're making these kinds of transfers or selling property. As a side note, you should know, the bankruptcy code itself allows a trustee to go back two years and undo any of those types of transfers. So if you're going into your bankruptcy thinking you're going to be okay because you sold something a year ago to somebody, you know, you may have another thing coming. So be prepared for that. And if this happens, remember, in most cases, the trustee is going to hire a law firm with the resources to pursue you or your family members or your friends. And that's why I say make sure you hire a competent attorney in those adversary proceeding cases. Okay. The next party that we see file these adversary proceedings most commonly are going to be creditors. And most of the time, it's because the creditor wants to come into the court and say, hey, you committed some kind of fraud when you took out that loan from us. Either you provided some false information or you got your loan uh, based on some other kind of sneaky dealings you did with that creditor. For example, maybe in order to get the loan, you had to fill out an application and identify your income. And you substantially overstated your income so that you could get the loan. Well, the creditor comes into the bankruptcy court and says, hey, we relied on that person's word that they were making X amount of dollars and come to find out they're only making half that and would never have been able to pay us back. So we're filing an adversary proceeding saying that was fraud. Okay, so that's, that can be how a creditor comes about filing an adversary proceeding. And I don't have time to go over all of the reasons creditors might file 
that adversary proceeding, so you may want to listen back to Episode 7, where I talk in a little bit more detail about some of those. Now, sometimes the creditor will try to come up with bogus reasons why a debt is non-dischargeable. This isn't uncommon at all. Right now, I've got a client I'm defending in an adversary proceeding where the creditor has come in and listed its reason for the debt being non-dischargeable as the fact that the debtor and the creditor had a contract that the debtor would pay the money back and would not file for bankruptcy. Well, that's just plain bunk. It's not one of the defined reasons for a debt being non-dischargeable. Thankfully, it's not a reason because if you think about it, in virtually every bankruptcy filed, a debtor made a contract or a promise to pay back a debt and it didn't get paid back. That's why they're filing bankruptcy. And the provisions in contracts that say you can't file a bankruptcy are just not valid. Well, my point is that For a debt to be non-dischargeable, it has to be listed in the criteria that is outlined in the bankruptcy code. Now, here's a note for you. Even if there's been some sort of dishonesty or some other false doings in obtaining that loan, and the creditor might even be successful in filing an adversary proceeding, unless it's a substantial amount of money, they're usually not going to go to all the trouble of hiring an attorney to file that adversary proceeding because it's usually just not cost-effective for the creditor. Even if they win, they still have to collect from that person, the person who just filed a bankruptcy and probably doesn't have the money to pay it back anyway. So a lot of the times we see creditors just letting that slide. Now, if it's a substantial amount of money that was borrowed, and the creditor can show some kind of fraud there, then the creditor is going to do it just as a matter of principle, even if they know they can never collect. And one other note on this particular subject, if a creditor wants to file an adversary proceeding, they have to file it within a certain number of days since you filed your bankruptcy. The bankruptcy court is very, very strict on those deadlines. And most of the time, if the creditor misses that deadline you're going to be discharging that debt and you're going to be off the hook. Okay, now let's talk about that final party that can file an adversary proceeding, and that is the debtor. Let's talk about why a debtor would file an adversary proceeding. You might be thinking to yourself, why on earth would a debtor ever want to file a separate lawsuit inside of their own bankruptcy? Well, you're right, and it doesn't happen very often. It's extremely rare. About the only time we see these filed by a debtor is when the debtor is trying to discharge a student loan. So if you remember in episode 7, we talked about the fact that some student loans can be discharged, but in order to get to that point, you have to file an adversary proceeding to get that discharge. And when you do it, you can expect your creditor, which is usually the federal government, is going to respond and they're going to fight back. And because of that, it can get expensive. So if that's your end goal in filing your bankruptcy to try to get rid of like student loans, make sure you've kind of mapped out a plan to be able to pay your bankruptcy attorney more money. Because there isn't a bankruptcy attorney I know that will do these as part of your original fees in filing the bankruptcy. And that's because they're difficult. They require a lot of work. They require a lot of time. And we'll go into more detail about getting student loans discharged in a future episode that we do where we dedicate the entire episode just to that subject. But be advised, if you're going to go into a bankruptcy trying to discharge your student loans, it's not going to be quick and it's not going to be easy. So let's talk a little bit about 
why it's not going to be quick. How long does it take to get through an adversary proceeding? Well, in most cases, it's going to take you over a year before that adversary proceeding is resolved, especially if it's going to be fully litigated. And that's because there's going to be a lot of discovery issues that come up, like the production of documents or depositions that need to be taken by each side of witnesses, other motions that get filed, and then you have to have hearings on those motions. And because of all that, and because this is a separate lawsuit inside of your bankruptcy, your case might stay open for a very long time. You might even get your discharge from your other debts, but your case is going to stay open in order to deal with the adversary proceeding. So keep that in mind when you're considering settling with a trustee or a creditor on an adversary proceeding, because the longer the case goes on, the more expensive it can get. And be aware of that as you're served with one of these and defending it, that it might be in your best interest to settle and to settle early if you think that the creditor or the trustee or whoever that party is has a good argument. Well, hopefully you've learned a little bit more about what an adversary proceeding is and how that adversary proceeding works in a bankruptcy. Obviously, we couldn't cover everything on that subject, so make sure if you're ever a party to an adversary proceeding, you reach out to an experienced bankruptcy attorney in your area. If you're in the state of Utah, please reach out to me and I can help you with that adversary proceeding. I'm bankruptcy attorney Roger Kraft and the host of Bankruptcy 101.